Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips and picks. I am your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode set to cover the six best college basketball games scheduled to be played on Wednesday, January 25th, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner there. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Don't forget for all the Model A grade plays, you can join the Patreon at the $5 or higher level. That also gets you access to the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games along with discussion on other sports. As always, remember there are no locks and gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. It is A, B, or C grades. The idea here, we've added the A-plus plays, if you've noticed that. The A-plus plays, I don't think they're going to perform a ton better than the A-plays, maybe a tiny bit. The idea there is for those larger slates. We're going to have a little bit larger slate here on Wednesday. We're going to even bigger on Thursday, I believe. And then we get to Saturday, a way to parse down. Maybe if you're only interested in playing 10 games, maybe that's your, your A-plus plays with the 10 to play there rather than playing, say, 40 A grades. we got the A-plus plays, the A-plays, B-plays, C-plays. Got all sorts of stuff for you there. Remember, the results for all of these picks can be found in the Google Sheet, also on BetStamp and at BlackBook Sports. All those links are in the show description. The Google Sheet also contains the model projections for every single game, but as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, I, we got like the bad variants on flagrant fouls on Monday. And people might be watching this on Wednesday. Yeah. And so the Tuesday games have happened. But think back to Monday night. Um both at the very end, both in the last minute, one of the last minute of double overtime. Yeah. I mean, I, I it, the 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 late win in case you missed it, uh, viewer was the in New Mexico game where he gets the clear rebound, gets hacked multiple times, and then in the I'm trying to get you off of me because you're hacking me, does hit a guy in the face, and that it's not that that wasn't a flagrant one, it's that the flagrant one only happened because he was getting hacked multiple times. Yeah. And so the refs conveniently missed that. Uh, thankfully we still got the over in that. And if you got New Mexico, there's a reason why I said I was waiting for three. We got it as an A grade play at three and a half still covered, missed the money line play on that. Um, so still mostly okay. But I mean, that's a first one. And then the Duke one where, I mean, it, I don't understand it. At first I was a little bit, you know, iffy on it, but watching it over, I mean, that's a flagrant one. Bottom line, it, it, there's no question to it. I mean, it wasn't intentional. Intentional is yeah. a flagrant too. But I mean, he did clock the guy and you have to control your body. We talk about that in sports. We, we teach our kids this, right? You got to control your body. And that's part of the idea of a flagrant one is you didn't control your body. And I, I don't know how you miss that really. It, well, especially like it was clear as day in, in the review and and both of them like right like I know you can't go back and add a foul in like just a common foul but right. you, know, you know it's it was like those two refs were reading the same rule and reading them completely different like obviously different like oh the intent wasn't there so it's not a flagrant one well, then that's that's not how the rules written and then the guy was like oh the intent's not there but he still made contact in the New Mexico one so. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like the same setup. It's like, and, and had they both been called flagrant ones, then th both things maybe go away, or if they both aren't, right? It's one of those like, ha it was kind of the same thing, right? Both, neither one were intentional, but you whacked the guy 
yeah. <laughs> above the oh, above the shoulders. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, weird, weird games Monday night. It was a fun night, but a, a weird night. Um, maybe we can avoid some of these um, dramatics here on <laughs> the rest of the week, right? I hope so, Florida. I mean, it's it's sad when it sucks, like especially a New Mexico game where the whistle decided that game. It wasn't right. Like those two teams were battling it out and were tied and stuff like that. That decided the game, and it did absolutely. It just, and especially considering New Mexico then would have had the ball with a chance to win. Maybe they don't. Maybe it goes to a third overtime. Maybe yeah. they're still playing right now. To be honest with the way that game was going, <laughs> but instead, it, you know, it gives Nevada, you know, two free throws. They have to foul more free throws. And, and Nevada wins by three. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely unfortunate. Uh, you know, hopefully we can avoid that here. But uh, some great games here on Wednesday. Again, no overtime game today. We're just going to cover the six best games. Jake, we eliminated a handful of games that were pretty good. There's just only so much time to talk about these uh, and, and dive into them. But a lot of good games here for Wednesday. Before we get into that, some reminders. Please hit the like button on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there. Above and beyond, we do here. $3 per month gets you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat. And for $5 more dollars a month, you get ad-free shows and early access to all of those recommended picks. Go to www.patreon.com slash picswiththeprofessor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it again. All lines courtesy of an unnamed domestic sports book. Sign up link, not in the show description, but sign up link for two other books that we do support are and current as of the time of this recording on Tuesday afternoon. Going to start off with the slightly earlier tip. I love when they do this because it gives us something to watch. 5.30 p.m. Central, Xavier at Connecticut. I mean, Connecticut's good, but seven seems like a lot against a really good Xavier team. I know they're at home, but I'm going to grab the seven here with Xavier. Model says six and a half once Eight for an A grade play, nine for an A plus play. But I still, you always hear me talking about seven as kind of a pivot point as a default pivot point. It's not always more than seven. I'm grabbing the points or less than seven. I'm laying them, but it is kind of a, a little bit of a tipping point here. Getting seven, I think is a pretty good investment with uh, Xavier. They're, not as good as UConn, but I'm not sure with how they're playing right now. I'm not sure they're that far behind them. Uh, Xavier, you know, offensively, probably better than UConn at this point. Defensively going to lag a little bit. Should be a lot of points, but I think they can hang around, keep this game interesting. In a lot of ways, they can still lose the game, but we can win this bet. Total is 152. If I had to, I'd play it over. It's just a lot of points. It's hard to get over a number like that when you got UConn, who's potentially going to try to slow it down and does still have a pretty good defense. So uh, it's a little bit too high for my taste, but if I had to, I'd be playing the over 152. Instead, I'm going to focus on Xavier plus seven. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, look, this is way too many points. This should be a very, very tight game. Uh, we've got two topish tier teams going at it. it. I mean, since conference play, UConn has been a little bit of a letdown. I mean, besides murdering Butler, I don't know what Butler did to them. Uh, in both those games, yeah. Yeah. they've lost five. And won the other one by double digits, but not. And I think that was Georgetown. So it's not like they've done very well since conference play came around. Uh, I, I really think this is an overreaction to that Butler game. Uh, in my in my opinion, Butler is the perfect team for UConn to play because they like shooting jump shots. They shoot way too many jump shots. Um, keeps UConn's big guys out of foul trouble, and they're able to dominate the pace because Butler is not that good of a team yet. Uh, like 
if you start looking at the numbers in in this little seven game conference stretch they've had, they've given up eighty three times, and before that they gave then never nobody ever got to eighty. Uh, so I think Xavier's got the offense. They play at a very fast pace. They'll keep this close. They've got the size to battle it with them. Um, they're a little thin on depth. I don't know that Xavier's going to be able to win. I mean, they shot twenty eight free throws to UConn's nine. I don't I don't see that happening in Connecticut. Uh, so. I, I don't think we're going to get uh, Xavier shooting only 30% from the three-point arc either. Uh, so I think this game is going to be very close. UConn probably wins it at home, but seven points is way too many. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a good game. I think Xavier can hang around. Um, you make an interesting point about Butler and UConn. The, the last game, the styles could be a little bit of that, could be a little bit just – Butler also, because uh, their reliance on the jump shots, just becomes an all-or-nothing team. If the, if the shots are falling, they're they're pretty solid. They're a pretty good team. And when they're not, they're really bad. And so on average, you just say they're, they're a very mad team, but you just never really know what you're going to get with Butler. And that can, if you're just taking one game, it can be kind of misleading to look at what UConn did to them. And it's like, I'm not sure if that doesn't just say more about the wonkiness of Butler than anything else, right? And that's kind of what we saw there. Xavier, a much better, more complete more consistently shows up team than Butler, who yeah. sometimes just does not look good at all. We've, we've very rarely seen that from Xavier, whereas Butler, it's like half the games we see them just not look good. So a little bit tougher of a challenge here for UConn than that Butler game was. Oh, oh, for sure. I, I think this is, I love that the Big East starts earlier in place on these off times. So you can yeah. like catch them in between. I think that's brilliant for a smaller, smaller money conference. So, so it's just, it'd be a great game. Look, and I, I don't want to get too far off tangent here, but I have to say the Big East does it right. There's a lot of other conferences that should take note. It should be playing on Fridays, should be playing earlier time slots, getting on TV, even if it's on a deal with just ESPNU or with FS2, or it doesn't matter. If you had conferences who are starting up consistently on these Monday nights and on Friday nights playing at 5 p.m. Central, maybe even 4.30, just getting some different time slots, get eyeballs on them, we'd all watch. It'd be a huge boost for the conferences. The Big East does it right. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like you said, what they do here should be a lot of, and this one should be a, a great matchup too. So, I mean, it's just, it's all, all around all good things, which takes us to the 6 p.m. time slot. Only one game we're going to cover in here. A lot of later games of interest. Again, a lot of games at this time slot, either looking like blowouts or just couldn't quite make the cut. But this is what we're going to focus on here. 6 p.m. Central West Virginia at Texas Tech. This one opened up. Uh, I saw Texas Tech minus one and a half and minus one and a half for Tech seems like a pretty solid play. It's out to three and a half now. We're on the verge of wanting to play West Virginia here. The model needs four for it to be an A grade on West Virginia. At three and a half, it's not quite there. Once that push protection on four, this should be a tight contest. Uh, honestly, I couldn't tell you who's the better team here. I would say that that's shocking considering coming into the season, we would have said for sure Tech is the better team. If you put this at the first game of conference, this is probably Tech minus six, you know, something like that. But with the way they've looked, and not that West Virginia's looked that good, but at least West Virginia's had more stretches of competence, whereas Tech's had just a couple of times they've looked terrible so it should be a fascinating contest. Going to stay away from the side here. Again, at three and a half, at four, though, four and a half, five. You really got to think about West Virginia and what should be a tight ball game. The model says Tech minus 2.4. Model thinks West Virginia just slightly better than Tech, but the home court for Tech gives them a more likely chance of winning. Going to pass on all that. Going to focus on the over 140, but 142 and a half. It's over 142 uh, is the number that we just locked in. 
Models is 143 and a half. And the bottom line is talked about it before with the big 12 totals, mostly going over a lot of foul stoppage didn't work for us this weekend, but I still think in general that the over trend is still more likely to hit the not. So I still think lots of points here. I'm just not that impressed with either defense. Both these offenses are better than the defenses. Both these teams play with decent enough tempo. You got a chance for overtime. You just got a lot of ways late fouls and what should be a tight contest. You got a lot, a lot of ways this can go over when you, when you map it out. It obviously can go under, but it's just harder to find the ways it goes under a number like this than over. I really think this should be more in the mid-140s than the low-140s. We're going to go over 142. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, look, these two teams both have the unfortunate luck to be stuck in the Big 12 um, because their just records don't look as good as what they are. They're both very solid teams. Uh, look, they've – I mean, West Virginia just beat TCU by nine. They, they've shown a lot of flashes of it. They've got a top 50 defense – and a top 30 offense, force a bunch of turnovers and do a good job of finding open looks and cleaning up their misses. Texas Tech, right in line with them, just slightly worse offense, just slightly worse defense. Um, they both like to force turnovers, so really <laughs> it's going, it should be a fun, fast-paced game. I think we're going to get a lot of points. I think it'll be tight. That tightness will, will give us a few extra points. I think this total is way too low. I think it's much closer to like 147, 148 number, like with both teams in the upper to mid-70s. Yeah, West Virginia, obviously a better home team. We know that they're one of the many places in the Big 12 that has a fantastic home court advantage. Their uh, lone conference win, of course, at TCU, again, that you mentioned was at home. On the road, though, they've done okay this year. They only lost by six at Kansas State, and that's not a bad outing at all. If they play that well here, they're probably going to go on the road and get the win because uh, Kansas State's just a much better team than Tech is. They lost by one at Oklahoma, and that's probably Oklahoma and Tech are probably pretty comparable at this point, and so that would be at least enough to cover. So if they, they've had some decent road outings. So I know the narrative a lot of times with West Virginia, both basketball and football, is back. You know, don't fade them at home and don't back them on the road. I'm not sure that's been accurate this year. They've actually, again, done okay on the road. Um, not every single game, but they've had some good times. The problem, like you said, is just the bottom line of being in the Big 12, We've talked every time we talk about this conference, you just can't you can't not mention how how difficult it is. And these two have had the worst luck, probably, of all of them, with regards to the fact that they just can't find a win anywhere. Um, someone, someone, will get on that. <laughs> someone will have to win this one, uh, but it should be a good contest. Again, if we can get more points with West Virginia, that becomes valuable. Or again, basically, if you can get closer to a pick, which is what it was with Tech, that becomes valuable. But again, the number right now, a pass, just focusing on the over one forty two, should be a lot of points. Should be fun to root for. In that one to the 8 p.m. slot, 8 p.m. Central Texas A&M at Auburn. We're going to lay the six with Auburn. The model wants five and a half for an A grade, so it's a B grade at six. It wants the win if they win by six rather than the push. That's understandable. But as it is, I still think Auburn's the right side here. I, as, as good as A&M has looked, I still think Auburn's just the better team at home. I'd rather lay a shorter number, but in one of the better games of the night, I still think I'd rather be on Auburn, especially at a number like this. The model says seven is the most likely landing spot. Two teams that the biggest difference, I think, is that Auburn's defense is better than AM's defense, and I think that's the turning point. Otherwise, not a lot of difference in these teams. The home court and Auburn's defense, hopefully what gets us to the cover here. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, that was the most surprising thing as I was digging into it because Bruce Pearl's not like – I mean, he's a very good defensive coach, but he's his teams haven't been known for great like half-court defense play right last few years, especially at Auburn. But right now this team is 
very, very good defensively. They rank 10th overall, 5th in effective field goal percentage. They guard the arc. At, they're, what, second in the nation guarded the arc. They force a decent amount of turnovers, and they really keep people off the glass. I think Johnny Broom was an incredible pickup in the transfer market for out of Moorhead. Um, offensively, they rebound, rebound the ball well, and that's about the extent of what they do at a high level. But uh, they're just a solid offense, nothing special. It's just that defense is really something going. Uh, they shoot a lot of free throws because it's more of aggressive offense plus feeding Broom and kind of thing, but they're just not very good at making them, so it makes me a little nervous here. But Texas A&M, I just don't think they've got the offense here. They're going to be – they're very – dependent on marble to kind of run their offense through him. I know like, so he's a very important part of that. You saw that in the Kentucky game, anytime he went out, Kentucky went on a big run because Texas A&M was struggling to score. I think we'll see some of that. Um, Cause Coleman's not really been stepping up. So I think we'll see that anytime he's out, Auburn's able to really ex- extend the lead. Uh, I don't think this one gets too far like gone, but I think anywhere between eight, eight and 12 is about where this one will finish up. Yeah, when you think about, again, the home court advantage and the fact that Auburn's just a little bit better, I think there's two main ways we win this one, and that is at some point in the second half, Auburn gets out to 10 and just kind of hangs in that 8 to 12 range until the end, and it kind of just fizzles, and, and again, they win in that you know 8 to 12-ish range. Or we got a decent chance that they're up 4 or 5 late, all they need to stop, get the rebound, get the foul fast going, and they can get it out to something like 8. So a couple, couple easy ways that we can get a winner here. Uh, again, no locks and gambling, but more ways to win this one than lose. <laughs> I think, and sticking in the state of Alabama, though, talking about the team of the month at this point, I feel like we've had a couple of different teams from UConn and Purdue and Houston that we've really talked about as being really impressive at times of the season. The time now, this is Alabama's time. They look just absolutely otherworldly incredible. We don't think they're going to have much of a problem here with Mississippi State. It's a giant number, 12 and a half. We're going to lay it with them. The model would lay 12 as an A grade, so not quite to A grade territory, but this is one of those games where the number might not matter because Alabama could easily be up by 20 in the second half of this game. I mean, the bottom line is Mississippi State, their calling card is their defense, and Alabama's defense rates better. And that's really all you need to know about it is that when the one team is supposed to be defensive minded, but the other team actually rates out of the better defense. That does not bode well. Obviously we know that Alabama's offense is light years ahead of Mississippi state. The game being played in Alabama, really good chance. They run away with this one. The model says a little bit more than 13 Alabama 13 and five against the number this year. We faded Mississippi state 11 times and gone nine and two doing it. So I just think the number has really struggled to catch up with how pretty mediocre this Mississippi state team has become. They're not bad. They're just not good. When you compare them to, the tippity top teams around the country, they fall really far behind them. And that's what we expect here. They're going to fall really far behind Alabama, especially on the road. Jake, what do you got for us? Look, it's, it's an offensive problem with Mississippi state. And that's going to like on the road is going to be disastrous against this Alabama team who forces you to score. If you don't, you look like LSU. Um, what like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of ugly uh, just because they really struggled to score. There was a lot of fools go with Mississippi uh, Mississippi State early in the year. Because you start looking at that schedule, what they had a win over Marquette. That's probably the only one that holds up. The rest of them, yeah. I mean, Utah. And, 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 a, and a Marquette team that is 
now playing amazing basketball, but wasn't as strong early on. And that's, that's the thing is they were uh, back then they were just kind of okay. And they just continue to look better and better. But I don't, I think if they play that game now, I'd expect a very different result. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, that's the only two teams they have wins over the beginning of the year that were in the top hundred. And then uh, they beat Ole Miss. That's the only conference win right now. That And that was at home. I just, I don't see them having the offense to be anywhere near this Alabama team and the pace they're going to play at. It's it's just not a good combo for Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State's going to want to try to slow this game down, but on the road against that offense, I just don't see how they're going to do it. Uh, they can try all they want, and <laughs> good luck. Good luck. I'll take my chances. With the way Bama's playing right now, they can put seven guys on the court and Bama would still find a way to score. I'll, 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 I'm going to counter with six. All right. <laughs> seven, I feel like might be suffocating, but, but, but it wouldn't surprise. Yeah. But the way Bama's playing, if you put six guys, they probably would still find ways to make contested shots and you would just be in all. Cause again, like I said, it, it, it's not to say that they are the best team in the country overall. It's not to say they should be the number one seed. It's not to say they're going to win March Madness or something. It's just, you know, when you think about kind of month by month this college basketball season, there's been a team that's looked incredibly good, well rounded at different times. And right now, that team is Alabama, the team that I do not want any part of. And that doesn't mean that they can carry it on into March. But if they play like this for the rest of the year, look out because that is a team nobody wants to face with how good they look. And continuing that theme, a team continuing to look really good is Creighton, who's was great and then was terrible, you know, losing, a, you know, that key guy and, and now healthy again, starting to look good. We're going to lay the nine with Creighton at home against St. John's. Southern says it should be Creighton minus 10 and a half. It's an eight grade play here at nine. If you can get eight, that becomes an A plus play. I think single digits is a gift here. I think double digits is the most likely outcome. Uh, St. John's, you know, wants to play fast. Creighton, I think has the defense to really put some kinks into that and the offense to say, fine, you'll play fast. We can score just as quick as you can. They have Creighton has no problem scoring points. They should put up a bunch here. The model predicts them to get to 81. And I kind of feel like they should be able to get into the eighties against the St. John's team at home, flip the location, very good game, different story. But here at Creighton, I think they should be able to take care of business. Total. This one's 150 model says 151.4. So Expecting a lot of points, not going to have a play on the total. They're just going to lay the nine with Creighton. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, like this is as much as I love St. John's. This is a disaster mm-hmm. matchup for them. Like it's not as bad as Villanova, but Creighton has some very good guards in Nimhart and Alexander and Shireman. Like that, and they just don't turn the ball over. They don't make a lot of mistakes. St. John's half court offense is no is non existent for the most part. They kind of thrive in chaos, and if they can't create that chaos, it is very very tough on them. Uh, Call printer coming back, it's it's going to be creating a very good offense, and they're just going to slowly throughout the game just keep extending that lead. It'll go, like it'll be one of those like it's five seven five seven, then it's ten eight ten eight, and just kind of slowly grow yeah. like that throughout the throughout the game. And I, I just don't think they're going to make enough mistakes to let St. John's hang around especially with Cockburner back. He, he puts a whole different aspect in that offense because he's also yeah. a very good passer um, where he's at. And you have to collapse down on him, and he's seven foot, finds an open shooter, and Creighton's got plenty of shooters, especially at home. Uh, it's a bad, bad look for the what, uh, St. John's. Yeah, and uh, you make a good point about the guards there, and that's, of course, one of the few things that Villanova's doing well is they still got the good guard play to not – force the not cause the uh, be turned over yeah and and that's what st john starts off it's not quite that simple but i mean you can kind of just look at it and say 
you know, if St. John's can force turnovers, they got a good shot to winning. If you can slow it, slow them down and prevent them from getting those quick looks because you're not making mistakes in the backcourt, it, it makes it where, you know, St. John's is just such a highly variable team. Those games that they've lost by 20, it's been those types of things where they haven't been able to get turnovers and quick buckets. Um, their defense just not good enough to stop these really good offenses, especially on the road. But when they look good, it's when they can cause that chaos. And that's, again, where Creighton, not a team that's going to be as susceptible to that as other teams, especially, again, in Omaha, Nebraska. So Creighton minus nine is the play there, which takes us to our last game, our double dip here. We're going to go Utah State plus seven and over 145 with the game here at San Diego State. Sideline says 6.4 is what the spread should be. So San Diego State, a slightly better team and at home, but seven, just too many points. Model wants eight for an A grade, nine for an A plus. But again, talking about seven, it's very similar to that Xavier game, right? Getting seven, I still think, is a pretty solid investment in what should be a tight, good contest. A lot of points, a lot of fun. Um, San Diego State, you know, kind of a one of many Mountain West teams we talked about with this wrap of slow, good defense, mediocre offense, which was true for so many of these teams last year. And this year, that's just not been the case. It's just been a whole different look for so many of these teams in the conference. Um, as good as San Diego State's defense is, their offense actually rates better than average by more than their defense does. And, of course, we know Utah State's offense is really good. So, again, we expect some points here. The tempo here shouldn't be that slow, which, again, is surprising given the narrative. And, and not just the narrative, but we literally saw last year in the Mountain West what we didn't see, which what we didn't see was a lot of possessions. <laughs> and the, the pace should be there, good offenses. Again, we expect closer to 150 points. Model says 147 on average, but something closer to 150 probably makes more sense, over 145. And, again, Utah State should be able to hang in there in this one. Getting seven is a pretty solid investment, in our opinion. Jake, let's talk about with this one with between the side and the total. Yeah, look, the total is easy. These two teams are very similar, very even, very – it should be a great matchup. Seven's just too many. Uh, San Diego State probably wins being at home and a slightly better overall team, but I, I just think seven is way too many. I mean, Utah State has a below-average defense, but they balance that out with how they play offense. They excel at finding open looks. They don't turn it over. They're the best three-point shooting team in the nation, and they share the ball at an unbelievable level. Uh they're also a good free throw shooting team. Uh, and the offensive rebounds are the only thing they don't do at an extremely high level, but that's because they're the other teams pulling it out of the net so much. Uh, but San Diego State's got a very, very good defense, and the offense is actually, which is better, which is crazy. Yeah. Bringing in the transfer from uh, Seattle, Trammell was a great grab for them. Um, their defense is designed to force threes. That's not great when you're going against a team. Against yes, I, I think that's the key there, right? Is like yeah. you said, is it, when it, 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 if you just look at how good the teams are and match them up, it's a little bit different of a story when you think about how the matchup's going to play out, right? It's just one of those the styles make fights type thing, right? If if you have a team that you want that you that you don't want to force in the threes, Utah State's on that list of teams that you don't want them shooting threes with how how many they shoot and how well they do it, how comfortable they are doing it, no matter yeah. where they are. Oh, that's for sure. And, I mean, Seattle's not a bad three-point shooting team, and they like to shoot them too. So I think the points are just going to rain in, especially these teams get hot. There was a t there was a game in the Maui when you we were on Utah State, and they just went cold and mm -hmm. still almost covered for us, if you remember, because they got hot in the last, like, two and a half minutes, and mm -hmm. they just rain in. Um, I think these teams are – it's going to be a lot of good shooting, a lot of long rebounds. For, when they do miss, going the other way for a quick bucket, I, I really think this one is going to be – a real tight, like three, four point game the whole way through. 
I have to point out that you said Seattle instead of San Diego State, and I feel like there might be some people offended at that. I, you well, know? No, the transfer came from Seattle. I think. Oh, the transfer came from. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think you like right. uh, maybe I missed that. I was yeah. like Seattle, San Diego. Those aren't the same. Play. I mean, they're, they're both on the west. Right. I was about to say, I feel like that's kind of the like anti-West Coast bias, right? Where we're kind of like, ah, it's out there a little bit. But I've been to both places, and they're both lovely, but they are very different in how they operate, how the how the weather is, right? It's different worlds. Um, but yeah, should should be a good game and exciting. With a light win, if you're wanting to stay up, if you live on the West Coast, if you're just a night owl, uh, what should be a good contest? Lots of points. Uh, again, I can't believe we're always on these overs in the Mountain West, but they've been mostly hitting for us. The number is just not catching up. Maybe it will in another week or so, but um, these Mountain West teams just scoring more than usual. The number is just slowly inching up, and it, until it can, it, it, it's got a, it's got a little ways to go before I, I feel like it's a, more of a stay away. But at this point, still some value there. And again, hopefully Utah State can hit enough threes to keep it close. Got a lot of cushion getting seven points and those are the six games we're going to cover jake any parting words oh this is this is one of the better days of college basketball watching that we've had that's not a saturday it's just loaded all the way through um so enjoy do whatever you got to do or push it off to uh, what thursday and just sit and watch all the good games on wednesday there you go. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. We'll have Cousin Jared on filling in, giving, uh, giving Jake a day off. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.